Hey, Vanessa. Hey, Michael. Is it all right if I tell everyone about our way in today? Sure. So <laughs> maybe we're, <laughs> we're on our way in and she's almost asleep in the car after like four cups of coffee already. Well, we were up late. Yeah. Well, anyway, you've had plenty of rest the last week. No. Nope. So I'm like, are you worried? Are you nervous? And you go, well, no, I just don't know what we're going to do here. I've never interviewed anybody like you. And I go, well, how many people do you think I've been interviewing? I don't know. And a I lot. said, and I go, I'll give you a hint. What's the, what's the female equivalent of a priest? None. Zero. <laughs> Until today. <laughs> so let's jump in. Welcome to Fireproof Your Finances, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duel with a playful on-air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The standard deviation, I mean, I talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the, the beta, the alpha, the standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in. Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event. This philosophy has led Michael and his firm, Legacy Financial Network, to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by AM Best, to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet magazine and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. Welcome, everyone, to Fireproof Your Finances. I am your host, Michael Markey. With me, as she is each week, the beautiful Vanessa. Hello, everyone. And then we've got a special guest for you today. As you heard in the opening, it's going to be our first interview. Welcome, so bear with us, yes. please. So, everybody, welcome Eric Zane to the show. Hello. How are you? Thanks for having me. So, we're pretty excited about this because, as we just said, it's our first interview, number one. Very first? Yes. We'll have yes. To... You've been doing this for a long time, though, haven't you? You've been doing ra like radio for a long time. Right, right, but no one would be willing to go on the show before. <laughs> you know, you're going to do great because yeah. you can talk and you can think. So right. You, you interview all the time. Sure. Well, <clears throat> so a couple years ago now, I mean... I say it's a, it's a, our honor because we're excited, but we've always been fans. Well, thank you. I'm excited that you have been. And when um, you used to work, I think not all our listeners are going to know all the background of this, but you used to work on a show, Free Beer and Hot Wings. Yes, very famous show. <laughs> yeah. And so things went awry. You did. And how did that go? You reached out know, to me, didn't you? I listened to it every morning in the car on my five-hour commute to drop children off at school it mm -hmm. feels like and like there was one day you were there and then you were gone right. and then like four days later they're like eric zane's no longer with us oh, i'm picking bad. up the phone call and i'm or my phone and i'm like honey honey eric's not on the show anymore really? what are we gonna do i was laying in bed when they announced <laughs> that because i obviously right. knew but i was laying in right. bed and i was like well this is when it gets this is when it gets really messy because they're going to reveal to the world mm -hmm. what happened right well and they didn't even really say anything it no, was just kind of like we can't talk about it yeah. Oh, okay. Weird. Well, and I'm thinking like one of the kids died because she's actually calling me. Yeah. I don't ever get a, a phone oh, call. Man. Well, I, I'm, I, I feel privileged that I was that prominent in your day and lives for that. I mean, seriously, <laughs> that's, that's saying something, yes. isn't it? I mean, it was a, it was a traumatic thing. It was sure. awful, but, uh, we got through it. 
So we talk a lot about the certainty of uncertainty, and it can be the stock market. A lot of people just think everything's going to continue to be good, or we talk about job loss a lot because there's three main things that we like to say people lose employment for. Well, when the economy gets bad. Right. And when the economy gets bad, uh, fewer people are buying things. And when fewer people buy things, employers think they need fewer people helping fewer people buy things. And then health. Health's, health is more likely to go bad at, say, 60 than it was 40. And the third one we always talk about is uh, attitude, that somebody's attitude is more likely to go bad at 60 than it was 40, that all of a sudden they get a brand new uh, boss with an MBA from whatever college you can fill in the blank. Who's 22 and thinks he knows everything because he read a book. Yeah, right. and the book says every way you've done it for the last 20 years is wrong. Yep. And so I, you know, we started talking to people about that, boy, seven, eight years ago, because there's a lot of people who always think they're immune to job loss, especially in healthcare, as an example. But as a radio host, that's something, I mean, that probably everybody goes through more than once in their life, wouldn't it be? Absolutely. Um, for me, it was, it was, I was caught off guard because for so long, there was this period of success mm -hmm. that you forgot about that thing that, that you just mentioned. It had in the past manifested a few times and it was difficult to get through. Sure. Um, but yeah, for there was a long spell of time where there was no interruption or anything like that. So, but yes, absolutely. So I think of like trades, you know, people in concrete, for example, you find a lot of them will work seven, eight months out of the year. They know a layoff's coming because the weather gets bad and they kind of plan for it. But if it's all right, can you walk? I mean, yeah, a couple, I you know, before this happens, what was, I mean, you weren't really thinking that you were not ever going to not be on that show ever again. Exactly. Right. I absolutely thought there was, that it would never end. Right. And then it suddenly did. So, so. how you went from getting up and driving the exact same route every single day for yes. years and years. Right. So then the next morning when you don't have to do that anymore, I mean, what were you thinking? Because it was like, oh, this is done. Well, uh, it was very traumatic and frightening. Um, right. Because of the immediacy of oh my god i now have no income right what was a great income i mean really great yeah. and is now nothing okay so but i i knew deep down i'd probably be okay because a lot of people who worked in radio so i guess the first right. thing i did mm -hmm. to help me kind of navigate that was reach out to my network mm -hmm. who that i'm not working for can help me so that i can get employed so uh there was that but then there was always the doubt creeping in and the fright about what about this? What about that? Right. Um, yeah, it was very, it, it, it affected me greatly with uh, causing a ton of anxiety. We were, we, you gave me this article probably more like six months ago. Yeah. And it was from the Motley Fool and it was the number one retirement danger no one warned you about. And it was about retirement and you work your whole life to get to a point, but that um, people in retirement or newly retired are 40% more likely for depression because there's this identity that gets lost. Like this was me every day. I went here, here were my friends. Um, this was my routine. This yeah. Did. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and that, when that routine left me of getting up every morning, um, that was, that was difficult. And I can understand why somebody, why they would write about that mm -hmm. very real thing. Um, the one thing that I was able to do, and I don't know if it necessarily translates to anyone else who suddenly experiences job losses, I kind of just started, uh, we're blessed with the ability to still broadcast with social networks mm -hmm. and sure. things like that. So I did that. I like that's, I guess YouTube's going to be my radio station <laughs> right. for a little while on Facebook live. Uh, uh, and no, it was just YouTube. I, I built a YouTube channel 
Uh, and by, by the time the next day was done, I had, um, a huge number of people following me on, me on Facebook. So that mm-hmm. was my lifeline. Right. Um, and that kept me in front of people and I established a routine. I would actually every single day, uh, prep what I was going to talk about okay. and put a dumb camera in front of me and record me <laughs> making comments about Trump or yeah. sports current events. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so. I was able to do that all the while people were asking me questions. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I was really diving into that. So I don't know if that necessarily translates to what the average person who loses a job can or can't do. It just so happens to be my career is, is for some reason people want to pay attention to my point of view on things. Sure. So I was able to express that. I can't say how a person would be able to do it in other fields. Um, how, but I can see it be being more difficult than what I went through. Yeah. I actually had it easy compared to other people who might have right. less of a public job like this, you know? Or less right. of ability to, not that the podcast is the same as being on the show, but it was a subsector. It was similar. It was it allowed you to still connect with yeah. people. It helped me mentally because of for that hour or so a day, mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking about the desperate things that I had caused myself to have. Um, you know, I, it was it was a, a way of getting a little bit of uh, out of that whole thinking to myself about, geez, uh, poor me. You know, almost yeah. for an hour a day, you were employed again. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. That's exactly what it was. And that's what I think we, as we were talking about it last night, we just got back in from California yesterday, and um, we had so of course we have now not only the long flights but some of the layovers. And what we thought was interesting and what made us want this interview was the fact that. Here we've got somebody, we've got a lot of people right now who uh, I'll say are underfunded in emergency funds. It's just not something we're good at as Americans. Um, They're kind of planning that the market's always going to be good. Mm -hmm. And their emergency fund is either Visa or the home equity. And when something bad does happen, um, here we've got somebody where the economy was good. So it didn't compound that problem. You were able to kind of get back in the workforce relatively quickly. 60 days, yep. So yeah, very quick. Um, but publicly you still talked about that effect. I think I read an article in, um, wood TV maybe yep. about that you struggled with depression and even felt somewhat oh, suicidal. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, that was tough. Uh, I just, I was dealt into that world of anxiety, which I hadn't ever experienced. And, mm-hmm. it, and once that genie's out of the bottle, it's really tough to put that back in if right. at all, right. that's what I had learned. And, um, so this job of a lifetime is now gone. Mm-hmm. Everything that I had identified with, I'm going to have to start over. Right. And I could not process that to this day. It still, right. you know, gives me chills thinking yeah. about where I was. Well, thank God I had people to support me. And again, I, I, I count my blessings. I mean, I'm the lucky one. You recovered I, I, fast. I, I am yeah. so lucky. I do. I have nothing to complain about considering Get like you said, getting back into the right. game, having people around me. I, I, I am very, very fearful for people who don't have the blessings that I have had. It's, it's a scary world. And, uh, and like you talked about planning for retirement, I can't, I mean, I have anxiety now mm-hmm. knowing I can't help myself the way I used to for now. Sure. Right. But, and I think that's one of the things that brings me back around. It's like, you know, this is going to change. You're, if you continue to work hard, you're not going to be, you earn a certain amount of money doing Freebird and Hot Wings show. Ton of money. Right. Mm-hmm. Save as much right. as you can. Sock it away. Be responsible. All of a sudden, 
I can save no more money right? right? because I need to pay my bills. Right. It's tough for people to think this is going, these bad times are going to end because mm-hmm. I'm going to keep, stay the course right. and I'm going to improve myself. It might not be the time frame I wanted to do it at. And the game is different, but I can still come out great. Right. Maintaining that focus. I can say that I'm doing it right now with you, but it isn't always like that. In an hour, I, that might change because right. something happens. And I think having that um, ability to understand that it's going to get fuzzy at times, it's, it's important to know that it's coming and you just got to be ready for it. It's just, you know. I think financial focus is hard for a lot of people. And what I heard you just say is that you've almost got to say, hey, you know, things are going to get better. I'm going to be able to do those things again. Yeah. But almost the opposite there is there's a lot of people today that are in some of their highest earning years. Right. And we've got this fine line between living today mm-hmm. and planning for tomorrow. Yes. No one wants to put, I mean, there's always the thing we always joke about is that uh, we've got a lot of people listening right now who maybe have a thousand dollars in savings and check. Uh-huh. That's the, that's the molehill to weather any storm. And that's not a very big storm. No. And then you try to tell them we'll have 3000 in savings and checking have five. Cause we always talk about how life changes with five grand. The problem is there's always going to be something more fun that you can go buy. A 70 inch screen TV is going to be a heck of a lot more fun than having the $2,500 in the savings account. Right? Absolutely. And right. then there's that. And there's the mentality of, well, I'm 46 years old. I'm 56 years old. I've got a thousand bucks. Why the heck should I even try? Sure. Right. You know, it's, right. it's like, well, I'm just going to hope somebody takes care of me. I get it. I understand that. Um, but there is a feeling of worth you can establish if you all of a sudden manage to do what you suggested, even if it's just $1 at a time. Mm-hmm. And I try to express that to my children, right. how mm-hmm. important that is because they have the time advantage. And um, right now, of the two that are closest in age, the 23-year-old the and the 21-year-old, mm-hmm. the 21-year-old immediately got it. Right. And she's going to retire a rich lady. <laughs> Yeah. So then she can take care of you, right? She is mission accomplished. Well, and yeah. even with, I go Jacqueline, even with meager income, right? You can retire a millionaire. Mm-hmm. Right. Think about that. Let's take a uh, quick break and then we'll be right back. Mike Markey is full of information, but as you probably already know, he gets so excited to give out that information that he speaks at about 900 words per minute with gusts up to 1300. Now's your chance to get that information at your own pace. Mike has written a book called Fireproof Your Retirement, which can be found on Amazon. It covers many of the same topics we cover during the show, including income planning, asset allocation, gifting, taxes, and much more. As you know, Mike is all about paying it forward. That is why 100% of the proceeds go to local fire departments. Once again, that's Fireproof Your Retirement by Michael Markey, which can be found on Amazon.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the second segment of Fireproof Your Finances. Today, we are talking to Eric Zane. We're talking about the certainty of uncertainty, about job loss, about market volatility. And we got into an area in the first segment about a lot of people listening are in their highest earning points. And it's easy to say, I'll start saving tomorrow. And you talked about with your two children closest in age that one has kind of gotten the point of you got to start now. And even if it's something little, but then your son, as you said, a lot of people probably um, 
will identify with this has had a couple, I don't want to say speed bumps because I had um, our first child who was about 11 years old now wasn't from Vanessa and I, it was from uh, college and <laughs> I got injured. Yeah, I got, uh, I was a big baseball player and suddenly baseball was over. And for the first time in my life, I had a summer that wasn't playing 150 games. And we talked about identity. It was the first time I had to kind of just let loose. And here comes a child out of it. And at the time, it seemed like it, I was scared. But I always joke with you that you would have never married me. No, probably not. Had I not had <laughs> our oldest. No. Right. It changed me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is funny because we almost didn't date because I had a child. Well, yeah, that too. But yeah, anybody listening, road, if you're you dating know. somebody who has right. a child, the thing to never tell them is that you'll be a horrible mother and, and all of your <laughs> all of your aunts and uncles think you'll eat your young. Right. <laughs> that right. to me was like, okay, it's time for yeah. butt this out hug. This one's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be clear, Jim's Jim's hardship was his decision making okay. with jobs and school right. and just, he just, he was, he, he, it's been harder to convince that there's certain ways you do things. Mm-hmm. So, so right. he's starting right. to save now. Is that what you were saying? Uh, we are just starting. Okay. I mean, just starting. He is literally, I've given the opportunity he has now as a young person is, it was so bad. Jim, you have to move back in mm -hmm. with right. me and your better half and my grandkids mm -hmm. in order to not be homeless. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Destitute. And I'm like, all right. And I have gone out of my way. I am, um, I've, as best a father can, I wish he had another mentor with the element of, all right, tell me what is due on your bills. Right. Show me how much you have. When is your next paycheck? We're starting that basic. Okay. Just to. So we're at step one. Absolutely. Now he's cleared. He doesn't have any credit debt, thank God. Mm. He's cleared away from the rent and the landlord and the electric bills and things like that. That is no longer an issue, and he is working consistently. Mm -hmm. So this gives him an opportunity to get a, give an idea on the most basic level of how it works, money coming in, money coming out, uh, percentages of what sh you should be spending your money on, yep. things like right. that. Getting him on his feet, and then hopefully the first step to eventually getting him away from the home. But it's it's a nail-biter. Yeah. It's a white-knuckle ride Right, yeah, I've right got now. my... Well, I'm in the middle of five, but my next youngest brother's kind of the same way. Yeah. Like my parents held his hand and held right. his hand and it was like, mom and dad, you got to give them a schedule. You got to keep them like. So, but he didn't get out of the, we'll say out of the nest and ha he just never left right. the nest. Right. He yep. just never really left so the nest. His attempts to get out of the nest, it's more difficult also because there's two grandchildren right. and you right. know, it's like, mm, yeah, come on back. Well, yeah. and let's figure this out. One of the things that I find, because I get this question a lot from people, the um, age group that we're working with, a lot of them, it's not uncommon for me to be working with a household that has $80,000 of take-home income. And they seem very, you know, they, the house is paid off. They have no car debt. They have no credit card debt. And you're going, well, where's the money going? Well, it just, you know, Mike, that doesn't go that far these days. I've gotten aware that at that point, I just assume I input kids. And yeah. it's hard for them to know. Mm -hmm. When, um, when it's doing help, when it's hurting, or the biggest part that I see is going, well, I want them to be with my grandkids though. So there was, I'm trying to think how to relate this to what we're talking about right now, but 
at what point, you know, if they're working 40 hours a week and 60 would pay all the bills plus allow them to save or 80 would do that, you know, there's that fine line between when is it you're working too much and you're missing out on all this exactly or you're setting a good good example i mean when your dad as an example started mm -hmm. the glass company yeah he was still working at it would have been just donnelly, donnelly. back that yeah back then. i know magna donnelly i think so yeah so he went and he worked and then he went and he worked his other job. Okay. So yeah, we didn't see him a ton growing up, but now I work with him still. And I think he still puts in that amount of hours anyway. So yes. Right. And that's a hard lesson to learn to start delegating. We talked about it last week because he was doing oil changes and I go, what, why are you doing an oil change? And he wasn't yeah. doing it himself, but driving it to the place. I go, you're running the company. Your time is better spent, but it's hard for him to sure, give sure. up some of that. Yep. Yeah. I agree. So, um, yeah, I think that um, when I look at uh, Jim and and uh, and the kids and savings, that's well, you know, it's amazing because I look back and I, it's probably only seven eight years mm -hmm. that I ever even really started to think about saving money, and mm -hmm. now it's like, oh my god, I'm I'm obsessed with it, mm -hmm. and I used to, and and even though now I can't save nearly as much when I'm, if you were to go over to my desk at the radio station here, I've got pop bottles all over because I collect them sure. from people yeah. here at the radio station. I've become like super Dutch focused right. on this and I'm not, I'm, I'm Armenian for God's sake. So are you I, grabbing I, the Cokes before oh, they're done? Yeah. I, I mean, I go to these <laughs> other, full. like I go to the other people at the radio station. I'm like, Hey, you done with that? And they're like, God, you're, you're disgusting. I'm like, yeah, I know, man, but that's a dime. I need that. Right. So I, I'm trying to impress that upon them and I think they're getting it, but, uh, Anybody can retire wealthy. I really believe. Mm -hmm. Right. So even if, I mean, I look at people who complain about how uh, they, they work too much. It's like, yeah, I know. I know. But this right. is temporary. Uh, just I, it's tough to convince people to maintain the focus. And you you hope something sticks. Yes. It doesn't always. Right. And we've talked and you keep talking about your support system and everything through the whole process of, you know, what you went through. And I watched a lot of your YouTube podcast oh, good. thank you, you. Call them. Thank i watched them um your wife cracks I like me how you're making that be like mike didn't watch any <laughs> <laughs> he was not a supporter no it's not my wife your great. wife yes, cracks really me is. up bless her heart like every time i saw her on one of your youtube videos or podcasts i don't know what they call those these days no i think you're not well that's good enough. um either way always very upbeat person mm -hmm. and like with my parents, I watched that that was something regardless of how hard it got, because construction is not an easy business to be steady in. Sure. They always, even if it was behind closed doors, got into fights or whatever. They were always very supportive of each other. Um, and it just never seemed like she worried a whole lot. Like, I, you know that she probably yep. did, but yep. she just, I mean, how did that, that dynamic help you yeah. get through that? That's funny. You mentioned that because I don't recall her ever being frazzled or despondent or in any way stressed. Right. right. And that's remarkable. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you actually, yeah. it's uh, made me, you just saying that has put me back there. And I'm, so I'm even much more appreciative when I hear that that's what you saw right. from your perspective. Um, so, um, what can you, what did you want? I, I was I mean, so focused the, on complimenting her that I forgot <laughs> your question. I apologize. Just the support system, having your, your other half, hold you oh together. God. I mean, how did that, that obviously it, had to have helped. It, quite it was amazing. I remember there were times that I was specifically laying in bed 
crying mm-hmm. because I just blew this job of a lifetime. And her just, uh, she just constantly reiterated to me, she goes, you're skilled at what you do. You right. have the ability. You're doing it every day on these mm-hmm. dumb videos that thousands of people watch. <laughs> how could you not, how could you lose faith in any way in your abilities? That is an affirmation to you. They wouldn't care about you otherwise. Look at all these people that they, they talk about you on the news, for God's sake. Right. So do not, there is an interest there that will always be there as long as you are true to yourself and true to your, uh, what you believe in. And she would tell me these things all the time. And it was those moments, Vanessa, that you describe mm-hmm. that absolutely they um, picked me up and allowed me to be able to do what I do um, on those. Li- and she would constantly reaffirm me so that I would get just get through the day. And then right. over time, we get through a day and a half and then a week right. and then a month. And yep. um, as we got up to speed again and I started getting moving and got it working again. But once I got working, I still wasn't better because I wasn't I didn't really know how to host a show. Really, I mean, I knew how to be an idiot, right. which was my role on that show. Right. But hosting a show is different. Right. Sure. And I wasn't good at it. Right. And I've improved at it. And now I can do it. But that mm-hmm. was like three years ago. So it stunk. It was, I was, I, and I knew it was bad. But I, though I knew it was bad, she kept reaffirming, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. There's, I, if you were to go into my house right now, um, there's all these affirmations on the wall okay. that say things like, um, Good things take time to sure. grow. A flower will bloom. It doesn't worry what other flowers are around it. It just blooms. You know, I don't like think that. I've seen that one. Before. Oh, I got them all. Um, uh, what was the one former now late coach Pat Summit? Um, I forget. She had something either you will or you won't. And and I don't know. Just yeah. nonstop affirmation. Right. All those things contributed to the mindset that I now have, which very little speed bumps. I, I'm mm-hmm. In a well, I'm in a good place right now. But yes, she was the key. But I didn't have her. I don't know if I'd be here talking to you right now. I mean, I'll, I'll end it on this because uh, it just reminded me of something that happened this last week when we were in California. I'm sitting in a hot tub. That's a weird way to start a story. <laughs> <laughs> Some different directions. So but I, when you came back to the room, so I was talking to this guy sure, in a hot right. tub, and I was like, um... Vanessa's like, oh, I wasn't with you. Who were like, you with? Again, Who, Michael. What are, you, what are you doing? I thought we talked about this. Right. No, so I, I'm in this hot tub, and it's this guy. He introduces himself. I don't know. He's the chief information technology officer. I probably just butchered that of this big insurance company. But he just says, I'm in IT. And I said... You know, what I don't get is how the IT world hasn't started to use Google. And, I, and I'm bad at IT. Like, I'm, well, I'm bad enough. I still have a BlackBerry. That's how bad I am at uh, IT. It's terrible. Right. You're now judging me. <laughs> I can tell. Can't Where's out your how to palm pilot? Right. <laughs> My gosh. It would never uh, understand the symbols that are right. So I had to get, I had to upgrade to the BlackBerry. But I'm sitting there going, you know, what I don't understand is how Amazon and Google haven't worked together. And he said, what, what do you mean? I said, well, it tracks everything. There are people that look at their investment account at 9.30. They're back on there at 12.30. They're again looking at 4.30. That tells us somebody who tracks it that much tends to trade more often. And people who trade more often tend to not do as well. That's just a statistical fact. And I go, so imagine if they would create a program that's tracking this that then told that, sent them an email. Let's say they were buying Facebook stock as an example. And yeah. it was a bad day for Facebook. Right. So it sends them a quick little text in some avatar they're going to recognize that says, listen, you know what, Mike? I know you're probably not going to listen to me anyway, but today wasn't a good day. Don't log in. I know you will anyway. 
But <laughs> fear Don't not. do what you think you should right, do. Right, fear not. 93% of the time, or whatever the stat would be, these losses will be made up within five days. Yep. If you still don't feel good about this, call us tomorrow at such and such time. In fact, uh, I, I looked at your Google calendar, and we've got these three times that would work for a quick 10-minute conversation. And he go, and it, that spawned into another conversation. Right. It ended 20 minutes later with him going, by the way, here's my role. Mm-hmm. And I've got good friends who, you know, my friend is that same role at Amazon, that same role at Google. Do you want an interview with them? Sure. Like He goes, and then, like, later on, he comes back up to me at an event. He goes, listen, I'm contact. I know you're not going to be back in the office for a few days, but I'm going to contact them. Let them know you're calling. And I was talking to somebody else about this later, and he goes, why are you nonchalant about this? Most people right. are all, you know, into IT. They'd kill for this opportunity. I go, well, I wasn't looking for the opportunity. No. I was just talking. That's probably why you did so right. great at it. Right. Because there was no pressure. Right. That's well, excellent. That, and it that was genuine. guy was sitting next to you probably going, this guy is using yeah. such horrible language yeah. right now. He has no idea what he's doing. We got to help him. <laughs> Doesn't he know <laughs> the etiquette of the hot tub? I don't want to talk to him. <laughs> right. He keeps talking about this imaginary signal that brings him Wi-Fi. Right. Yeah, Blackberry. Right. What a nerd. Right. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have for today. We want to thank Eric for joining us. My pleasure. Thank I want you. to do it again. Please invite me back. And this has been another episode of Fireproof Your Finances. God bless. This has been Fireproof Your Finances. For more information, contact Michael J. Markey Jr. of Legacy Financial Network. Call toll-free at 855-LF-NETWORK or online at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Mike Markey and Legacy Financial Network are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.